0: Good morning, Lighthouse Baptist Church. Good morning. morning. And happy Mother's Day, by the way. Amen. Let's open with a word of prayer. God, we are so thankful for our mothers in our lives, whether they're our biological mothers or whether they have been mothers to us. God, we know that a mother's love points to your love for us. God, you care for us deeply. And not only do you care about us, you take care of us. God, we thank you so much. I pray that we wouldn't take mothers for granted, but would be so thankful for who they are, all that they do. We're so grateful and thankful for that, God. We love you and we are gathered here today so that we can worship you, God. We can all worship you privately, but God, it's such a joy to worship you together with other fellow believers. I pray that we would encourage each other and build each other up because there are plenty of chances to be torn down in life, but God, you've given us a place to be built up and encouraged. So I pray, God, that your message would do that for us We would know deep down within us how loved and cared for we are in you. We see that most clearly when we see Jesus. We love you, God. We pray that you would speak to us through this message, through the scripture. Please use me and God, please use, please work through your Holy Spirit to guide us into better understanding of what you have to say to us today. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in a series right now. We're in a series on the parables of Jesus, specifically in the book of Luke. Now, Jesus, when he's confronted with a question, would sometimes respond with parables to get his questioners to think about their question for themselves Sometimes Jesus would just break out into a parable to get his disciples to think about what he is saying. Today, in this case, this parable comes as a response to what the Pharisees and scribes are saying about Jesus. So we're going to look at verses 1 through 2 first because they help us understand better the parable that we're looking at. So chapter 15, verses 1 through 2. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Well, That leads us into our parable. Jesus tells three parables in succession. They're all amazing parables. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin. But today we're looking at the parable of the prodigal son. So that's in verses 11 through 32 of chapter 15. So it says, Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And his father said to him, son, You are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Now, have you ever seen someone? You can tell their life is going in the wrong direction. And you thought to yourself, this person is hopeless. This person is beyond help. This person is beyond saving. In other words, this person is a lost cause. Now, that is the attitude that the Pharisees showed us that they had in verses 1 through 2. Jesus, how can you spend your time with these sinful people. They're lost causes, Jesus. They're lost. We're found. You should be spending your time with us. But the parable of the prodigal son is confronting this attitude or this mindset. Jesus has something to say to the Pharisees about their attitude towards people that they would call sinners. What Jesus shows us in the parable of the prodigal son is that anyone, anyone can be lost. Anyone, not just these people, all people can be lost. The younger son is known as the prodigal son. Why is he known as the prodigal son? Well, to be prodigal is to be extravagantly wasteful. It says he took all that his father had for him. He took all of his inheritance, and what did he do? He lived prodigally. He lived recklessly. He spent it all, he wasn't disciplined. He spent it all in one place at one time. And of course, he was lost. Why was he lost? Well, because he denied his father's help. He took all that he already had. The only difference was that he didn't have his father with him anymore. He was lost. Why? Because he denied his father's help. And his position was so bad that the pigs he was feeding had a better life than he did. Okay, so we know that the prodigal son was lost. We know that the younger son was lost. Is there another son in this passage? Is there another lost son in this passage? Well, we see at the ending of this passage, there are two lost sons in this passage. The younger son is lost, but hey, the older son is lost too. Anyone, anyone can be lost. Now, The younger son was lost because he denied the help of his father. Why was the older one lost? Well, because he denied that he even needed help from his father. He believed and he thought that he could be good enough for his father's grace. I mean, we see... In verses 18 through 19, that even though both had been lost, at least the younger son realized that he needed help. And what does he say in verses 18 through 19? He says, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. What is he saying? He's saying, help, help me. I need your help. Help. He accepts the help that the father wants to give. But what do we see the older brother saying? In verses twenty-eight through thirty. The older son he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. So we see two brothers, both at one point refusing help, but only one of them chooses to receive help. And it shows us what? It shows us that anyone can be found. Now, in order to understand this, We need to understand what grace is. We never see the word grace used at all in this passage, but we see the concept of grace used. Why? Because grace means to extend yourself to someone freely. It's like reaching out to someone, not because they asked you to or because they deserve it, but simply because you're reaching out for them. You're extending yourself freely. To them. Now, both the brothers in this story needed grace. In other words, they needed someone to reach out to them, they needed someone to extend themselves to them. But they both had that. Don't you see that the younger brother had the father extending himself to him? He waited for him, he looked for him, and when he saw him far off, what did he do? He ran towards him, embraced him. He extended himself out to the younger son. But did he do the same thing to the older son? Yes, he did. He left the party, went outside, and begged the older son to come in. Both brothers have a father that extends himself out to them. In other words, grace is available to everyone in this story. The father extends himself out to everyone. Now, the younger one said yes to grace. He said yes. He allowed the father to come to him, hug him, kiss him. But the older brother said no. He said no. I refuse to come in. I refuse your embrace. Why is that? Why did one say yes and one say no? Well, because one, the younger one said, I'm not worthy to be your son. Just take me as a hired servant. And yet the other one said, I deserve better than to be your son. I deserve better than to be a part of this family. No, I have to earn everything that the Father can give me. Now, the Pharisees didn't understand something. They didn't understand that everyone who is found was once what? Lost. Everybody who's found was once lost. And yet, here they are saying, Jesus, we're found. And yet they refuse to admit that they're lost they're lost right now and yet people who they accuse of being lost are coming in why because they're admitting i'm lost i need help now the pharisees we know believed in miracles we know they believed in the exodus they know we know that they believed in the miracles that we see in the old testament But we see here that they did not believe in certain miracles when it came to people because they said these people are too lost to be found. But you, if you are found in Jesus, if you call yourself a believer, a Christian, you are a walking miracle. It's a miracle. You were lost with no one to help you and yet The father reached out to you, and it's a miracle that you can call yourself found. And if you would say, I'm not found, I'm lost, then you can know that it's a miracle that you can be found. The Pharisees refused to believe the miracle that the father can find his lost sons. Anyone can be lost, but anyone can also be found. And not only that, but anyone can share. Why are the Pharisees upset with Jesus? Because Jesus is sharing a meal and sharing multiple meals with people who are considered outsiders, people who are considered sinful people. Well, the prodigal son represents those people. They were outsiders. They were Hungry, They were feeding with the pigs and and longing even for the food that the pigs had. The prodigal son went from looking for pods that pigs are eating to sharing dinner with his father. That's an amazing transformation. But he could only have what his father had. How? By sharing it. He tried to earn it, didn't he? Didn't he say, Father, take me on as your hired hand? But he could not earn it. He could only receive. He could only share with his father. What did his father share with him? He shared with him the best robe, a ring, shoes, the best food. And yet, why does the older brother not get to have any of these things? Well, the older brother who represents the Pharisees in this parable doesn't get to have these things, not because they're not his to share, but because he refuses to have them if he has to share them. He can only buy them. He will not have them on the father's terms. He will only have them on his terms. And Jesus is saying, I want to share a meal with you, too. But you're not going to get to share a meal with me. Why? Not because I didn't invite you, but because you refuse to go in. You refuse to believe that you need me, that you need help, that you need what I have. And yet we also fall for the same lie that the Pharisees fell for. Even if we consider ourselves found, even if we consider ourselves believers, what do we often do? We say, I have to... Earn a standing with God. I have to buy God's grace for me. Both sons tried that. It was a waste of time, wasn't it? Nobody in the story could earn what the father wanted to share. He didn't give it to them because they could buy it, he gave it to them because it was theirs as sons. When you have a father, he wants to share all that he has with you. Why try to buy something that's already been given to you, that's already been declared yours? And yet, what we often do is say, well, I have to be good enough for this. I have to earn this. And I know in my life, personally, I've done this a lot of times. I have to be good enough to be God's son. Someone will say, I have to be good enough to be God's daughter. I have to earn it, earn it, earn it. That just makes you miserable, doesn't it? It's a never-ending hamster will. But Jesus doesn't want you to earn a meal with him. He wants you to share a meal with him. What he has for you is yours for the taking, not yours for the buying. And yet that was the problem of the older son. I was good enough. I deserve to have a celebration. I deserve to have a party. I deserve to have a meal. I deserve those robes. I deserve that ring. I deserve those shoes. I deserve even a young goat. And what does the father say? He doesn't say, oh, you think you earned it, but you didn't earn it. No, he says, if you wanted it, why didn't you just tell me? It's yours for the taking. It's yours because I can share it with you. And you refuse to have it because you are bound and determined to buy it. But the younger son says, okay, I will accept what you give me, even though he offered to be a hired servant. In the end, he said, I will share what my father shares with me. Ultimately, The parable of the prodigal son is about what? It's about God's grace towards us. And if grace means extending yourself towards someone, then what does that tell us about Jesus? It tells us that Jesus is God's grace in flesh, blood, and bones. When the father ran towards his son to embrace him, we are seeing Jesus. Jesus is God running to us, towards us, to embrace us. Now in your Bible, when you look, and it says that the father ran and hugged him, we see paintings of this sometimes. Some of the most famous paintings are of the story, the parable of the prodigal son. And a lot of times you're going to see The son almost groveling towards the father and the father almost saying, there, there, it's okay. But when we read this passage, especially when you look at the Greek, because your Bible may say the father ran and hugged and kissed him. But when you look at the Greek, it says the father ran to him and literally hung on his neck. Yes, he's hugging him, but this is more graphic than what you're probably reading in your Bible translation. The father runs for the son, collapses, hangs on his son's neck. But here's the thing. The father can hang on your neck. And he does hang on your neck. But why and how can he hang on your neck? The father can hang on your neck because Jesus hung on your cross. The father did not give a little bit of himself to the prodigal son. He gave all of himself to the prodigal son. The prodigal son gave all of himself away, and yet the father gave all of himself to the younger son thought he could outspend his father, but he could not outspend. In other words, he thought he could go totally away from the father, but he did not realize that the father would give everything to go totally towards, all the way towards his son. Because Jesus gave all of himself to us on the cross because he hung on the cross. Our father, our God can hang On our neck. In other words, we can be with him. We can put on the best robe. We can put on the best ring. We can put on the best shoes. Why? Because Jesus put on a crown of thorns. We can be found. Because Jesus was lost for us in the misery and nightmare of the cross. We can be alive. Why? Because Jesus died in our place. And we can come in. We can come into the party because Jesus went out of the party. Jesus left the greatest celebration there is. He left the right hand. He left the Father's presence so that we could finally have the Father's presence, so that we could really Truly be with God. Now, sometimes we look at this parable or we look at scripture and we say, I, I am lost. But I'm found in what I do. I'm found in how much work I do. I'm found in how good I am. But no, that is the opposite of what this parable tells us. This parable tells us that you are not found in what you do, you're found in what's been done for you. Now, the father, what did he do? He picked up his robes and ran towards his son. Now that would have been looked down on if a father did that, a rich father especially, running towards his son with his robes pulled up, and yet he did it anyways. And what Jesus did for these people that he's sharing a meal with, we see, was looked down on, especially by the Pharisees. But Jesus did it anyways. Why? So that they could join in on what God is doing, so that they could be a part of God's good work. We see both sons working in this passage, and we say, well, that's what I have to do. I have to work to be a son. But no, That's why the two sons were miserable in the first place, because they thought they had to work to be sons. The father showed them, You don't have to work to be my son. You can work because you're my son. You can join in on what I'm doing because of what I've done for you. You can be a part of the good things that God is doing, not because you deserve it, but because. It's been given to and shared with and extended towards you. And the Father wants to hang on our necks, kiss us and hug us and love us. And we can be like the younger son who goes into the party and says, yes. Or we can be like the older son who says, no, I have to earn it. I have to deserve it. But Jesus shows us that We cannot earn it. We were not meant to earn it. It's something that was earned for us and it's given to us. And for those who say yes to it, it will not be taken away. Jesus refuses to go along with the Pharisees. He absolutely refuses to say, oh yeah, you guys are right. These guys are the out crowd. These guys are the sinners. Sorry, I, I mistake them for found people. No, Jesus says, lost people, can always be found in me. I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. In Jesus, lost people can be found. Why? Because Jesus is God extending himself toward us and we can say yes today, yes tomorrow and yes forever. Because the Father said yes to us. The Father waited and looked for us and when he saw us on the horizon, ran out to us with arms wide open and they could not have been more wide open than they were, than when they were on the cross. Let's pray. God, we really do try to be good enough for you. And God, I hope we will realize if we don't already that that's just not possible. God, we don't have to be good enough for you. You are good enough. Jesus, you paid the price that we can never pay. We've lived recklessly and and wasted everything you've given us. But Jesus paid that debt for us. Jesus made a way for us to be found, even when we were lost. We don't have to be your hired servants because you call us sons. God, I pray that we would never see anybody as hopeless. Nobody is so far away from you that they can't be found. And even if it's ourselves, I pray that we would know that we ourselves can never be so lost that we can't be found. We're so grateful and thankful that we're not lost because Jesus is here. If it wasn't for Jesus, everyone here would still be living worse off than the pigs. But God, because Jesus is here, there's a party, there's music, there's dancing, and we can go in. We can put on new clothes. We can put on new shoes. We can have a new status. We can eat the best food. We can have the best life because this is the life that we were made for. And when we try to leave it, God, we're lost. But God, you bring us back into it. You bring us to you because you extend yourself towards us. And in you, The lost can be found. We love you, God, and we thank you so much. Not because we loved you first, but because you loved us first. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.